Hey, it's me, Carrie Jones, and I have some very quick dialogue tips today. My big old doggy is snoring in the background, and he is old and not doing very well, and I'm not going to wake him up. So I hope you're all okay with that. Anyways, this advice is about dialogue um, and not being a butt face or the A word or um, evil yourself. How do you as a writer write dialogue from bad characters who are meanie, meanie, meanie heads, right? And it's hard to not make it sound ridiculous and like really shallow and fake and almost laughable and You'll see that sometimes in a book. It'll, like the bad guy will, or girl or person will be like, hey, 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 basically, I am the bad guy. You are evil. I am evil. Here's my bad guy dialogue. And it's just really flat, right? And so one of the best ways to do this is to find real-life people who are kind of nasty. And that might be a politician that you can't stand. It might be a co-worker that you can't stand, and it might be a relative that you can't stand. And really listen and write down, if you can sneakily write it down, because people get really upset with you if you can't um, sneakily do it and they catch you. Bad, bad idea. But sneakily write it down um, if you can. And just look at the cadences and the way they say things. Matt Bird, who wrote The Secrets of Character and um, another thing about story that I forgot the name of right now. Ah, so sorry, Matt Bird. Um, he has a blog post, I think from 2012, where he talks about how um, writing despicable dialogue is the hardest kind of dialogue to write without, he says, resorting to cliches. And, you know... It's because we don't want to be evil, and we try not to listen to evil, and we try not to be near evil. But to be writers who have truth in our stories, we have to be able to depict evil, because evil exists. So most of us think, not all, depends on your religion. So um, he has like, a, he, read, he looks at the uh, Goldman Sachs elevator gossip Twitter feed, um, but whatever you do, you know, you have to listen and see how people's evil comes through um not as a conscious attitude he says um but sort of like a set of unconscious assumptions like when we're bigoted against a group that's my doggy moving when we're bigoted against a group oftentimes we don't realize that we're bigoted against a group and it only comes out in our dialogue that's an example so um he writes like, nine times out of ten, racism is what he's talking about here, is not a conscious attitude, is a set of unconscious assumptions. People reveal it most when they try to say something magnanimous. Every time I eat at a favorite neighborhood restaurant, I remember Bill O'Reilly's infamous praise for it. And I couldn't get over the fact that there was no difference between Sylvia's restaurant and any other restaurant in New York City. I mean, it was exactly the same, even though it was run by blacks. So you're like, oh... No matter what you feel about Bill O'Reilly, that's a really telling dialogue moment, right? Um, and so he looks at things like that and tries to incorporate them into the bad guys of his story's dialogue. He has other examples like, living my life is like playing Call of Duty on easy. I just go around and F shit up. Or a new year. 
time for a new slam piece or, you know, those kind of like, I love when a guy hits on me and then gives me a business card with a Gmail account, a-hole, I work at Goldman Sachs. Like those kind of things are so cleverly detailed and real that um, they show sexism or O'Reilly showed, you know, racism without being obvious or flat about it. So the best way to understand how to write evil is to study evil. And honestly, the best way to study evil is to just be chill and good. You got this. Thank you.